Episode 4, The Better Dad Podcast. I wish it wasn't so frowned upon to give a one-year-old some caffeine. <laughs> I, uh, I love this little kid, man. I, he goes to sleep so early. I, I just, you know, these little, these little boogers need sleep. And sometimes I'm just not ready for him to go to bed. I just want to keep playing with him and keep talking to him and, and keep doing life with him. So one thing I did last episode was was give a story about my son and um, I had a lot of really cool feedback about people that just love the story and the imagery. And so I'm going to try and make that a consistent thing to start each episode with a a fun little update about my guy that I find value in before we get started on the topic. So uh, last Friday, I was working at my gym, um, getting ready for the next client to train. And my son obviously runs all over. He gets into things and he does squats alongside me and he's quite the little sponge so I have to be super careful about everything I say and do and you know respond to and so he goes over to the cabinet and he gets a paper plate out he turns and he looks at me and he goes pizza and like as clear as day and I mean he's 16 months old um he's obviously talking a little bit now but I'm very very clear and I go yeah buddy we uh we can get pizza later and so he goes okay smiles puts the plate down and walks off so Fast forward six, seven hours. We're about to uh, go home for the night. And so um, my dad and his fiance are sitting there. And I go, hey, buddy, tell Papa what you want for dinner. And so he kind of looked for a second. Obviously, he's 16 months old. So his attention span is bing, bang, bong, boom all over the time. But he like looked at me like we made this like eye contact lock. And he he had this like smirk where he goes, pizza. And I go, yeah, I said, you want pizza? And so Papa was like, man, you know, go get you some pizza, whatever. So I load him up in the car. It's about 7, 7.30 normally. We close shop every day at the gym. And on the ride home, I'm, I'm just talking to him. And he does this really sweet thing where he just wants to hold my hand. And so he'll, he'll cry and get fussy and all this other stuff. And I'll just reach back through my two seats in the front and just set my hand on his lap and he'll just hold my hand. He'll look out the window and just be still, calm, quiet, and just be content with that. And tell you what, as small and minute of a thing that is, that's that's pretty incredible. But fast forward, uh, we get home and I turn around and his head is slumped into his little car seat and he's passed out and he's so exhausted we had such a busy day so i get out of the car go grab him put him on my shoulder walk in and so i take him and i set him down on my couch he rolls over still asleep and so i go and do a couple things in the kitchen clean some things up put his bag away make sure i got everything in um go start the bath because he's dirty from running all over the world and eating cookies and he's got stuff in his hair. He's, 
he is all boy, that's for sure. Um, and so I get the bath made and I come back into my living room and I squat down to my knees and I lean over him while he's sleeping and I go, hey, buddy, are you ready to eat dinner and take a bath? And, and like a cranky teenager, he like rolled away from me. And I go, hey, daddy ordered pizza. And so he rolls back up to me, sits up like a little roly-poly, rubs his eyes and looks at his daddy with his big, goopy, brownie brown eyes and goes, pizza? And I go, yeah, buddy. So he goes, okay. And he jumps up off the couch and um, we go take a bath, get him all clean. And... Um, I only get him into a diaper by the time the doorbell rings. So I hand him the cash. He runs to the door, opens the door in all of his prime glory of just diaper alone, takes the pizza box, hands the guy the money, um, takes the pizza box and brings it into the kitchen. We set it down and he is ecstatic about this. And so I pick him up and I open the box of pizza and there it is, just greasy, cheesy bread with pieces of meat on it. And he is enthralled. He is so happy. And he just squeals and he pizza and he shakes and he balls up his little fist and brings him to his chest. And, and so we sit down at his high chair. I tear up a couple pieces of pizza squirt some ranch dressing on his um, high chair tray. And if you don't eat pizza and ranch, then, you know, enjoy being a psychopath. But so we start eating and it's so, it's so weird. He, you know, he's 16 months old and I'm 30, but it's like, we just sat there and munched on some greasy pizza we cheers each other's drinks. We shared the ranch dip off of his tray. He liked to eat my crust, so I'd eat down to the crust and he'd chew on my crust. I mean, it's just, it's such a small story, but it's so fun to be a dad. It's so fun. And, and I'm so blessed to have such a cool, smart, sweet, little best friend so we finish eating the pizza he eats like two and a half slices he's an animal scarfs it down drinks his milk he gets out of his high chair and we go um into my room to lay down and so he is so funny because he wants to stay up and he wants to keep partying, but there's like this switch in his body that just flips all of a sudden. And it's just like, I don't care what else goes on in this world. I have to motor down. And so he gets in my bed. He crawls up into my armpit, brings my arm over the top of him like a roller coaster lock. And he goes, Mickey. And I go, yeah, buddy, you want to watch a little Mickey before bed? So I turn on YouTube and we look at Mickey's Playhouse and I don't know, 30 seconds into it, he's unconscious in my arm. And I turn off Mickey, turn on my 
rain, rain, thunderstorm sounds. And I just, I just lay there and I look at this little human and I, I, I look at his toes, these chunky, porky little toes. And I look at these hands and these same hands that clutch my face during the day when he kisses me. And I run my fingers through his hair and I set my hand on his chest and I feel his heartbeat. And I am just, I'm just blown away at the gift that fatherhood is. I mean, to really have the privilege to have another human being rely on you for its existence is such a purpose. And it's something that I look forward to on a moment by moment basis. Um, my son is, is a really, really, really incredible human. And he teaches me things on a regular basis about myself and about my faith as a godly man that I'm just like, dude, I can't wait till you grow up and you can understand how large of a role you played in your daddy's redemption story. So I, <clears throat> I say all that to say, kind of my topic of discussion tonight as I sit here and watch little man sleep in my room. Um, I, I think this applies to both fathers and just humans in general. In a conversation I had with a very sweet friend of mine, I think we have for too long expected the bare minimum of people and fathers so that when someone does anything remotely great, we think it's this astronomical event. Um, you know, we celebrate fathers for playing with their kids. Like, oh, he's such a great dad. He, you know, he plays with his kids. And I'm like, honestly, that's not really a task. It's not something I have to try to do. It's not something um, that I think a father should really chisel out time in his day to want to play with his child. Like, if if you if you have a baby. And you get to know that baby, you want to be with that baby. That's kind of like the crossover to all human interaction. Uh, even in the basic level of, of humanity, we say, wow, that's a really great person. And I'm like, oh, well, what did they do? And they go, oh, um, you know, they they picked up some trash they found on the ground. And I'm like, you know, we're, we're, we're awarding these really great person medals to people that are just kind of doing the bare minimum. And so then the bare minimum becomes the standard. And so then all we have is a bunch of people doing the bare minimum. And so I, at least in the market of being a dad, would like to, one, hold myself to a higher standard of accountability and encourage other men to come alongside me and what it means to actually be a great father. And, and, and a lot of times being a great father has nothing to do with our kids. In fact, it has everything to do with what we do in their absence. Being a great father means making sure I'm taking care of myself physically, making sure I'm 
making wise decisions financially means that I am pursuing God at a rate and, and intensity that he can mimic and that he can learn from and that he can take refuge in because the leadership in his life is um, doing things the right way. I think being a good father for your child means being willing to sacrifice things and cut things out of your life that may have been there for a long time. You know, it, it sounds like it's going to be a hard thing, but when, when, when dad mode hits, there are just things that kind of just fall off. Um, for me, it was alcohol. I mean, it's, it's been a multitude of things, to be honest, but one thing specifically was alcohol. Now, it wasn't immediately. Um, alcohol for me was, was something that I didn't touch until I was 21. My first drink of alcohol was the day after my 21st birthday. I remember specifically, it was a, it was a Dos Equis uh, beer. And I remember being like, I waited 21 years for this disgusting <laughs> taste of, of what I thought was going to be this heavenly beverage. But, you know, social environments that push people to drink or that encourage people to drink were things that I was involved with. And, and then it kind of became something that was a coping mechanism. And then it was just something that was involved in everything that I did. And I finally got to a place where I was like, hey, I, I think this has jumped from a social fun thing to like, you, you, you might rely on this. And, and that came from conviction from Holy Spirit. That came from um, people in my life having to be like, hey man, like, you know, this might be something you want to look at. It came from me having to lose certain things for um, a recognition of what, what alcohol really wasn't doing in my attempts to be a good father. And so it had to go. And as I really kind of battled with letting go of it, amongst other things, I just thought, man, I'm going to be so empty. There's going to be so many things I miss out on. There's going to be so many things that I just can't do now that I've given this up. And to be honest and not cliche, it, it has opened up doors in my life that I never thought would have opened. It has given me a peace in, in ways that I didn't think I could have peace. In fact, I, uh, I tell my counselor this quite often. Um, I have this 50-50 thing when it comes to alcohol and my friends because 50% of it is shame and 50% of it is excitement because when I'm around my friends now, the culture of drinking has changed 100%. And a lot of the reason it has changed has been because of the influence that I recognize that I have in my friend group. So 50% of that is shame and being like, man, I'm sorry it took me so long to get to where I could lead effectively in our friend group and in our industry and whatever it is. Um, but then also the excitement to know that um, I have surrounded myself with like-minded people that are 
participating or holding me accountable to kind of what I've been called to be as a man and a father. So back to my original state. Sorry for that rabbit trail. This is, I mean, this is a podcast shot while I'm sitting on my couch beat from the day. So this is how my brain works. So you got to follow it. I remember early on, you know, people saying things or being surprised about certain things that I did with my son um, because it just, it wasn't like really heard of. I, I, I don't want to say heard of. It was just people would say things like, oh, do you keep him overnight? And I'd be like, well, what else would I do with him? You know, like, is there something that happens at nighttime with babies that I don't know about? Do they like fly away? Do you have to keep them in cages? Like I was so confused because I, you know, people would ask these things, but I'm like, dude, the standard is, is that we, society says men are incapable of fathering or, you know, I don't know. It's it's just weird. I feel like when you expect more and demand more from people, they rise to the occasion. Um, I know specifically the football team that I have the, the privilege to be involved with right now is the exact way. Um, you, you see this group of guys that come together and that really, really, really work hard and invest in each other and study playbooks and watch film and do all this really incredible stuff. And it's just because that's what's expected of them. And that's what's expected of each other. And, and, and so it's, it's kind of unique because the whole semi-professional football industry is kind of laughed at. And, you know, when people come to our games and stuff, they go, wow, I didn't realize it was like this. And it's almost kind of like a slap in the face because you're like, like, what did you expect it to be? Just kind of like a bunch of dummies bumping into each other for an hour at night. And they're like, yeah. And I go, okay, well, how do we get to where we change that standard? So I don't know. I, I guess my goal in all of this, in this conversation, this podcast, is to be like, stop, stop high-fiving people for doing the bare minimum. Demand excellence, demand involvement. You know, being a good da- dad doesn't mean just being there. You know, you, you went to your kid's practice, cool. Did you watch? Did, did you celebrate their wins? Were you patient and kind through their struggles and failures? Did you invite them to talk to you about how they, I don't know, like, I, I'm no expert on anything. I'm not. Listen, don't, you want me to cite my sources? It's it's Kale's brain and whatever random thought comes up at that time. But I, I do know that in the men that I'm surrounded with, in the literature that I've read, in the conversations I've had, I just... I'm very bothered at the fact that we praise dads for the bare minimum. We expect so much out of moms. You know, we, we expect moms, you know, it's like the single mom. Like you very rarely hear about, you know, the single dad because single moms are superheroes. And I, I believe that. I mean, I, I fully believe that there are single moms out there playing mom, dad, financial leader, spiritual leader, you know, all these different roles that they may not have been tasked to do had they been 
not in that position. So I'm like, we expect so much from these, these moms, but like, why, when did we stop expecting so much from the dads? And I don't know, maybe it's a perspective. Maybe it's a conversation that needs to be had. Maybe we've lost sight of what really makes a good dad. Like if, if you were to pull a hundred, you know what? Okay. Let's, let's try this. You, whoever you are listening to this podcast, all 13 of you, if you were to write down the first three words that come to your mind when you say good dad, what would they be? Are they character related? Are they occupational related? Are they performance or provision related? Are they physical attributes? Are they spiritual attributes? What, what are they? Are yours different than what society would say? Are yours different than... I don't know. So, for all of you listening, if you want to know anything about me as a person, uh, my favorite movie of all time is called John Q. And it is a movie starring Denzel Washington. And I always said that is the kind of father that I would like to be. And I think I think if you were to ask John Quincy Archibald, the main character, is if he was a good dad, he would probably tell you no. He was just doing what any dad would do for his son. But I think that he was willing to go to any length for his family. And I think that is the standard. So um, I'm pretty sure you can watch it on YouTube for free. Uh, it's older. Um, but it's really, really, really good. And if you do watch it, um, message me or shoot me a text if you have that information. If you don't, enjoy John Q. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I would just encourage you to kind of maybe think about those things and, and ask yourself, do I participate in a culture that demands more from fathers or am I comfortable with a dad that's at least at least there? At least he's there. Think about some declarations that you've made yourself either, either in your own life or in the lives of your friends or with your own father. You know, I mean, at least my dad wasn't this or at least my dad wasn't like this or, you know, like, can we just stop that? Can we just demand more from our dads? Can we demand more from dads? Fathers, can you demand more from each other? Can you demand more of yourself? My, my son is, is like the greatest thing on the planet next to Jesus. And every night I have him, I, I, I put my hands on his body and I take a knee beside my bed and I pray over him. And I pray that he has good health and I pray that he has opportunity and I pray that he has safety and I pray that he has shown love and I pray that his father is kind and humble even when he's pushed to be provoked to be angry and responsive I, I pray for all those things and I, 
I think that prayer each night holds me to an accountability that says, hey, if you want these things, what are you doing in participation to make these things true in your son's life? And that means when he goes to bed, getting in the word. That means when he's tired and and fussy and throws things or responds out of um, emotion, I have to be the standard of peace and of discipline and of um, humility. I, I don't know. It's just when I think about it, I, I, I know the men in my life and some that are fathers, some that are about to be fathers, some that were scared to ever be fathers and never thought they'd be that turned out to be the greatest ones ever. Um, two of my closest friends right now are preparing for fatherhood and I'm sure they're nice. They, they lay in bed and just go, what in the heck? How am I supposed to do all this? And, and I think one of the greatest things that I'll have in perspective is I can look at them and say, Hey, what you're doing right now is the bare minimum. I'm, I'm not going to high five you for that. You need to go the extra mile. You need to invest in your marriage right now. You need to spend some time in the word and make sure that you are the godly father that can lead your family effectively. So I don't know. I just, all that to say, um, I think that it's time that we really start pushing dads to be more because I don't think that we're going to run dads off. In fact, I think dads are going to rise to the occasion. Um, I, I also think that men have a desire to accomplish things. So when we give them a goal of truly being a good father, I think that they'll crush it. I really do. Um, I think that community is important. I think that grace is important. Um, as, as fathers fail, are we assisting them in how to be better or are we looking to just demonize them in culture and, 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 you know, he's this and he'll never be great. And he's just this, 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 and this, like, I, I don't know. I hear it all the time. And I just hope that our ultimate goal is to bless our children, like really bless them. I mean, I, I, I think if you hooked me up to a polygraph test and said, Hey, would you do anything for your son? And I said, yes, I mean, I mean it. I mean, I would, I would, this sounds terrible, but I would use my grandmother as a, as a human shield to protect my son. I would cut my own tongue out and barbecue it on a grill. I don't know. So weird. I'm, I'm such a weirdo. I don't know. I, I'm just saying, I love that little boy. And, and I hope that my actions and behavior and convictions point to that love. Um, yeah. So episode four, a little bit shorter, a uh, little, little bit more raw, a little bit not as poised and polished. Um, but I had this conversation earlier and it really hit different for me. And I, I, I have a disdain for the, the, the regular. I think that we should go deeper. I think that we should call men to be better fathers. All right. Episode four in the books. Peace out.